0: Welcome to the podcast, A Moon in the Dark with Ellen Blake.
1: We're so thankful that you've been with us for this season of Christmas, and we want you to keep in touch with us and find out what we're doing next. So follow us on Instagram at A Moon in the Dark, go online to amooninthedark.com, sign up for our email updates, and let us know your thoughts. Wins Pharmacy is locally owned and operated. They really appreciate each customer, and they think of you as family. So go by there on 8th Street and Griffin, or look them up at winspharmacy.net. Today, we continue our conversation with JJ and Laura, and we see what the wise men do next. Okay, here we are again with JJ, also known as Jared Jones, and his wife, Laura. And we are finishing up the story about the wise men. So,
2: we um, we wanted to have a part two. We're glad to be here again. We are.
0: We needed a part two.
2: Um, we introduced ourselves. We'll quickly just say again. We are Lauren. Jared Jones. We have five kids, um, ages two to twelve, and um, they we're are Griffin babysitting themselves right we're now. Friend, we're <laughs> friends.
0: We're friends with the Blakes.
1: Oh, when you say two to twelve, that's that's <laughs> that that statement right there. Yeah. Two to twelve,
0: and everything that is involved in that statement. Wow, two full. To 12. That was the word for the first podcast was full. We're full. Yes, it's a full household.
1: Yes, and super thankful. So we read Matthew two one through eight, where we saw Magi from the east come to Jerusalem because they saw a star that, in their mind, pointed them to. The fact that the king of the Jews was born and the Messiah prophecy, that he, they asked where would he be born. And Herod asked the chief priests and scribes to, to tell him. He didn't know, but he knew that maybe they would know. And sure enough, there's a prophecy in Micah that the baby would be born in Bethlehem. And we, we rounded out last time with Herod secretly calling the Magi and asking them when the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem. But he was he faked that he wanted to go worship him. So they said, he said, please go find out and come back and tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I too may go and worship alternative,
0: him. Alternative ulterior motives.
2: Yes. So we're gonna pick up with verse eight, verse nine, Laura. Okay, we just have three verses here at the end, uh, or four verses, and but there's a lot in these mm-hmm. last four verses. Which so is why we
0: needed another podcast.
2: We separated them. So we'll start at verse nine. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. After being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Mm. So in that first verse, we see that the star went ahead of them
1: toward Bethlehem, came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. And that is a mystery. Like we said last time, we don't know what the star was. but Whatever it was,
2: it had those properties. Mm.
0: Mm. It was significant. And Mm -hmm.
2: God designed for it to Mm. appear and for it to stop. And he gave the sign and the direction Mm -hmm. for the wise men. Mm. So when they came, when they saw the star... What what mm. happened when they came? They were so convinced their belief, like mm. we talked about before, held them so strongly that they wanted to worship and not just worship, just simply, but worship extravagantly with with gifts mm. that obviously were uh, cost yeah. a lot of money and that they had prepared ahead of time. And the
0: reason, yeah, the reason you know it held them that this was something that held them. Is that they didn't have an option for another response? It wasn't planned, other than the gifts that they brought with them. It wasn't planned. It wasn't orchestrated. It was the response to the overwhelming joy that they had found what they'd been looking for. Hmm. And I think that's what you see that they. Have, and we talked a little bit in the first one. And the passage is in Luke. We talked. We actually looked it up because of the passage of the woman with the jar, the alabaster jar. Her response was lavish. Hmm. It was. It was an actual, and it says at another place in the scripture that it's at the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that's what we see in the wise men here. Mm. It's out of the overflow that's already within them Mm -hmm. that they're speaking. And their response is exceeding great joy. And it's like they can't contain themselves from worshiping.
1: And then what you just said reminded me, because it says that they fell down and worshiped Mm him. They fell down on their faces. Yeah. And the... The breaking of the alabaster jar of perfume, that was at his feet.
0: Mm-hmm. And and she wet his feet with her tears. And, and the great thing about scripture is over and over, this is the response. Like when you come in a direct experience with Jesus, your response will be to fall on your face because he is the king. He mm-hmm. is the king of the cosmos. And whether he was two or 30, mm-hmm. you'll see this response in scripture over and over. And even with the... I think of the centurions, the the soldiers in the garden. Mm. They fell on their faces. Mm. It's like that's a response to the King of the Universe.
1: Mm. And some of the people that he healed fell down and worshipped him, and yeah. he did not rebuke them. No. Mm. But the apostles, when the people fell down to worship them, they rebuked right. them. Said, "No, no, no! I'm not God." Mm. Yeah. But Jesus didn't. And in in Philippians too,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Paul is giving. A hymn that actually what the beginning of Philippians 2, scholars say, is an ancient hymn that predated his writing of Philippians Mm. where where it talks about that he um, one day every knee will bow and every Mm -hmm. tongue confess that Jesus Mm. Christ is Lord. And what the reason we bring some of these out and, and it's so obvious here that they are worshiping this child is that there is a thought I have heard and read that people say that we shouldn't worship Jesus. What do you say to that?
0: Well, I just think of what you just said, that Scripture says there will come a time that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And here we see two very separate responses as in Herod, that he's the, the ruler of the known world right there. He's the ruler of Jerusalem. He's the sovereign of that area. And at this time in history, we don't ever see Herod's knee bow and confess, but there will be a time when Herod. And so it's almost that idea mm. that it's it's an inevitable, like mm. it's going to happen. But I have, like what Laura said, I have the choice now to do that voluntarily because of my relationship with Jesus. And so I can voluntarily, the response that's going to happen anyways. And so I think I just think of it in that way, and you mm. see it in this story that it's a it's a cosmic thing, like it's not, a, it's not a, oh yeah, for that time, or he wasn't, and you, the stories that you related in scripture, not that there's another angle to come at this. <laughs> there's not another, he either is who he says he is or he's not. Hmm. And from the responses that we see over and over again, they would lend us to believe that hmm. he is who he says he is.
1: Well, and that is another question. Is Jesus God? Is mm-hmm. he divine? And I think we see that through this Christmas story. Mm-hmm. But there's also another, if you're interested in pursuing that, you can go to the website of mooninthedark.com and mm-hmm. there's another book in addition to the Christmas one we've been talking about. It's similar to that. It has the same prayer journals in it. It's a similar layout, but it, it shows 12 scripture verses where Jesus shows authority over different things. Mm-hmm and places that he indirectly or directly claims to be God. Mm -hmm. So I know that's a question in our culture today. Is he God or not? Mm -hmm. And we all at some point need to come to terms with that.
0: Right. Well, and the book I automatically think of is the case, or not the case for Christ, is Mere Christianity of C.S. Lewis, Mm -hmm. because he says in there that you have three options. He's either a liar, he's completely crazy, or he is Lord. And that those are really my only options because mm-hmm. of what Jesus said and did. That's the only options that I'm left with,
1: and yeah. so
0: it, it leads to response. Like you,
1: it really does. You
0: have to make a response.
1: And mm-hmm. you know, in the logic classes that we we have it, that we teach, that I put in the mm-hmm. curriculum, the law of non-contradiction right. is the first law of logic. And so, he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. That's right. And you can't be more than one of those mm-hmm. three no. things. Mm-hmm. And they can't or, intertwine. Right. And so that's logic. Yeah. And if you study what it actually says in the manuscripts, even if you take the only the things that the skeptical scholars will give you, you still see that those three things cannot mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. three Exist. be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, as a teaser, you know, if you want to look into Daniel 7 of the, the Ancient of Days and then look into what... De- Jesus said of himself at the end of Matthew Yeah, that Jesus claimed to be the man in Daniel 7. So well, yeah. look into that if, you, if yeah. you're interested in pursuing that. I was just thinking too that. of
0: all the, the, you mentioned teachings, you know, of you can't pick and choose from scripture. Like I can't nitpick out what I want to take and not want to mm-hmm. take. I have to take it as a whole. And so if you want to say, well, yeah, Jesus was this, but he was only spirit. Then you go to where he tells Thomas, put your nail, put your hands in my side, put your fingers in my... It's Mm -hmm. like I have to take it as a whole. Mm -hmm. I can't pick and choose what I want to believe about Jesus and what I don't Mm. because he doesn't leave you that option.
2: No, because he's not just a teacher. That's a false
1: Mm -hmm. statement.
0: That's
2: what you see from the wise men too. I think that's the word that jumps out at me. It's what I had written, the wholehearted. Mm-hmm. And it just it does also, even though I would say it's a belief that holds me, I also want to say, Am I wholehearted in that belief though? And would I be willing to follow it like the wise men did, have it with lavish gifts, following a star and even risking their lives right. with Herod. To follow that belief and that hope of Jesus, not just being a baby, but being the king. And the
0: thought that came to my mind right there is if you imagine being at a poker table, the Magi are saying, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. They're taking all of their chips and they're putting them in Jesus's basket of saying, I'm all in. Regardless of the cost, regardless of Mm -hmm. what people might think of me, what might happen after this, I'm all in.
2: And where do we find ourselves yeah. in that when we ask ourselves those questions? Yeah. And
0: that's where it kind of leads us to the gifts. You know, Ellen was one of the things she wants to draw out of here is the gifts. And you look at those gifts and, you know, I'll just tell them about the significance of those gifts in, in the story, the greater story.
1: Yes. Well, I am just... Even today, after, you know, like we've discussed, we've seen, we've looked at the stories since we we're children, we've read children, but even today I learned something new. <laughs> and it that's what blows my mind about scripture. scripture. And yeah. um, we have these little ornaments that we, we put on the tree that are the, of the three gifts and that they have little books in them. And, um, and then I also looked online, that there's a, a good commentary. My pastor told me that it's called Precept Austin, yeah. which it, anyone wants to go look at that it's really helpful for any scripture you want to look up but these gifts have very very significant symbols gold was always for a king mm-hmm. everyone brought gold to a king you know people brought gold to solomon to david that's what you do you bring tribute to a king so that was definitely a king and then the frankincense and the myrrh both are found in the temple And and we'll talk more about the myrrh too in a minute but the the frankincense is a very costly, even now, people who are into essential oils, frankincense, the good the good version, yeah. expensive, it's very expensive. Yeah. Um, and it can do a lot of things, mm-hmm. people claim, of uh, frankincense. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, but it was in the temple in Exodus 30, God is giving very specific instructions. This is the tabernacle, actually, mm-hmm. that Moses is overseeing to be built in the desert, but then later would be in the temple. And there's a specific recipe for incense that was to be burned. And God wanted that specific scent, that aroma.
0: And two of the pieces of that were frankincense Well, frankincense. No,
1: that was just the frankincense yeah. and a few other things. Yeah. And then the myrrh was another special concoction just for anointing the priests. But you couldn't make either of these concoctions... Aside from use in the temple, are you to be kicked out of Israel?
0: Well, and I, the reason it sounds like I'm asking a question is this is one of the things that I've learned sitting here. You know, it's and these things kind of do intrigue me, and I'm learning from Ellen, so I'm kind of asking that question. But you, you look at that, and it leads back to the scribes and the, the scribes and the scholars oh. before. Oh. Like this would have been unheard of for them to take frankincense and myrrh to a stable and give to a baby would have been outside their realm of comprehension. Because oh, but, they're so connected to the temple. And the...
1: But you know what else that reminds us of? As you were saying how Herod is thinking he's the king of the Jews. Mm. Right. These priests think they're priests. But yeah. this baby is really the high That's priest. That's right. The prophet, mm.
0: the priest, and the king. Yeah.
1: And you see the priest theme, especially in Hebrew, right. the book of Hebrews. Mm. But the the idea that Jesus is our high priest, it, can go, it goes on and, and on. And it
0: leads you to the response that we talk about that you're either all in or you're not. There's no middle ground in this. Like, for, for, because the scribes and the priests would have have to be all in of saying, I'm in, because they would have been ostracized. They would have been kicked out. They would have been all of that. That it's the only response when it comes to Christ is either all in or all out. There's no middle ground.
1: Well, it, it appears that these scribes and Pharisees stayed right. out in their yeah. little offices. They chose
0: mm-hmm. at <laughs> this time. And we don't know whether some of them maybe later. Or, mm-hmm. You know, we get the stories of, um,
1: Joseph of Arimathea.
0: That, and but I'm Nicodemus. thinking of Nicodemus is the one that I'm really thinking of. We get that story later. So maybe, you know, you don't mm-hmm. know what the story unfolds, but, and you see that crossroad in Nicodemus' life where I've got to choose. I've either got to stay with my tradition and what I've known, or I've got to go all in mm-hmm. for Jesus. And it's you can like, find
1: him in, what is it, John 3, I think? Yeah. Oh, so the story of Nicodemus. He's
0: probably not far from these scribes and
2: mm-hmm. people yeah.
0: there. I mean, he's probably. in, you, you talked about all the people, Simeon. You know, you had your all the people that were in the proximity of this. Mm-hmm. You'd have to think that he was probably one of those people. Well, he
1: would have been young because he was would have thirty been barric- years later. Right, but mm-hmm. who knows if he had been listening <laughs> yeah. and watching? Yeah,
0: yeah. you don't which know. Which is one of
1: about. our other takeaways we want to Absolutely. mention is: Are we the ones? Are we listening and watching and being attentive? Or are we? missing. And that's what, when,
0: you know, we were talking about this before and Ellen kind of prepped us for this, it was one of the things that challenges you. And, and for me, that's it. It's that you see two contrasts here that the, the the magi were watching and listening and waiting. And when they saw it, they knew it. Mm. But if they hadn't, and I think of being a parent, and even just in life, do I let the immediate drown out the important? In, in my life and in my daily life, do I let just what's immediate and what has to be done, mm. and well, you got to pay the bills and you got to go to work and you got to all of those things which are good. They're not wrong things, but I can't let the immediate drown out the important. Mm. And and having times like this where you come to the scripture and you remind yourself, okay, at some point that won't matter. Mm. It won't matter, you know. And one of the things I tell my guys and I probably said it to Daniel and probably David is like. You'll never see somebody on their deathbed wishing they would have spent more time mm-hmm. at work. It's it's that there will come a time where those things aren't the important. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's the challenge to me is to have a heart like the wise men mm-hmm. that watches and listens mm-hmm. and that i not like the scribes and build boxes because mm-hmm. he's going to do it in a way that I probably wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and because used. it
2: is. It's the wholehearted devotion, like mm-hmm. the wise men, like you say, but it's also... The resting in his prophecy and his promise and his faithfulness.
0: Resting in the scripture.
2: Resting in who he is and that he is who he says yeah. he is. Yeah. Mm. So the gold, frankincense, and myrrh were
1: symbolic, and the myrrh had another symbol. Mm. It was used to embalm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they, they, it was foreshadowing his sacrifice and death. Mm-hmm. But the one of the other neat things is I'm, I'm not going to give away the the story. In our, our last episode, we have one more in our series, um, what happens next and why they might need these gifts mm-hmm. that God has provided. And even a small amount of these three things would have been costly. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how much they brought, but even a little bit yeah. was materially costly.
0: And two things, they, they point us to who God is, that he was sovereign in those things. You know, he was sovereign in the detail. And one of the things we talked about is the plan A that this was, this was always the plan Mm. there. It was not reactionary. It was not his second best. It was like these gifts are proof that it was his design for the whole time to redeem the world to himself, and mm-hmm. he was going to do it through Jesus.
1: It's e- it's even in the gifts. Yeah. In the gifts, in the gifts, you see. And and
0: you see it in every part of just this 12 verses of the story. Mm-hmm. And you expand that story to all Scripture. You know, it's the thought that no matter where you cut Scripture, it's always going to bleed Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Always. Oh. So, and it, it, it's that. just cool to see in just the gifts, you know.
1: Huh. <sighs> Wow, that's a good thing to end on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a great thing. Uh, it's been wow.
0: good for us. We told Elle at oh, yeah. the beginning. It's like this has probably been better for the three of us. For but for people to listen, but engage with the scripture. Mm-hmm. It's like that's where the the meat of it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And to have someone to talk about it with and the accountability that you're mm-hmm. going to meet up and talk mm-hmm. about it. That's part of. You know, again, I go back to Bible Study Fellowship. Mm-hmm. You do it by yourself, and then you get together and you talk about it. And then mm-hmm. you see what other commentary say. Absolutely. Those three things together. Well, in Bible Study Fellowship had one more, which is uh, fellowshipping, just just being together with yeah, other believers. Mm-hmm. Community. Mm-hmm. But that's what God's design is, that if we believe in Christ, we know we're promised. We have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit inspired those who wrote the Scriptures. So... That's what another thing Henry Blackaby talks about. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit in us can help us know what the Scripture is saying mm-hmm. and just positioning ourselves to do that. So,
0: And it's important to do it in that order, and that's why Ellen did this podcast, is mm-hmm. that the original is you interacting with the Scripture.
2: Mm-hmm. We were challenged, I'll just end on this, and this isn't something we started yet, but something we are encouraged and challenged to do is to read Scripture together. Mm-hmm. We recently heard a sermon that, they they're a church body that believes very strongly in that, gathering together, just one on one usually or with mm-hmm. one other person reading scripture together.
0: And just reading and it.
2: And just reading it. And I think that's a good practical for allowing the scriptures to penetrate and also having the accountability to be studied. And it's
0: a it's such an intimate thing. You know, whether it's friendships or marriage or parents or whatever, it's such an intimate thing to read scripture together because it is. It's like if you were sitting around this table, you'd see one or both or all of us like nod our heads like, oh, or like saying, man, I, I wouldn't have seen that by myself mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have seen it that way. And that's kind of the beauty of the kingdom mm. is that I'm never going to see it the way Laura does. But the beauty of the intimacy that the Lord need, knows I need that perspective and so it's just that, cool.
1: That's a great point. I think C. S. Lewis may have said that at mm-hmm. some point that his the way his friends and he interacted, mm-hmm. that the he could see God God through a friend, through what God was telling that friend mm-hmm. is a piece. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That we need. And
0: he other. couldn't and I think C. S. Lewis goes on to say that he couldn't have heard it from anyone else. Like that for that time and that thing, he needed that friend to mm-hmm. say it in that way. And we talked a lot about it with our kids, you know, as, as parents and we've seen it in all of our own lives. We're going to need people in their lives that love Jesus and are going to say the same things we do, but they'll hear it from them. And because Ellen, and I, them yeah, heads. and Ellen and I are sitting here shaking our heads because it's like that's just life. It just is. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, thank you Thanks. guys. So Thanks much. for having good. us. Yeah. It was a, such a pleasure yes. to be here. Don't forget Wins Pharmacy for prescriptions, supplements, essential oils, diabetic education, anything you might need for a pharmacy, winspharmacy.net. The wise men brought gifts because they wanted to worship this baby king, this baby Messiah. But little did they know that this little king and his parents would need some provision because their adventures are not over yet. Stay tuned for our last episode as we see what happens after the match I leave. For now, I leave you with peace for your day and peace for your night.